the music of a Friday morning. There you go. Welcome to the studios of Graham Fork's Best Source. It's time now for your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. And he is back. The one, the only realty expert, John Brodine. And we're going to talk with him right after this. What would tomorrow look like if you sold your house today? Maybe you'd move to a new city. Or a new country. Maybe you'd pick up birding. Or birdies. You could get into wine. Not that into wine. Or skiing. Warmer skiing. Or maybe you'd spend more time doing nothing at all. When you're ready for whatever comes next, we'll be ready to help you get there. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Well, quite the intro. Did you notice that? The one, the only, John Brodine. (laughs) How you doing, man? Good, good. How are you, John? I'm doing good. Uh, it's Friday. Yep. That's always a good thing. Do you have big plans for the weekend? Um, no, I, I think uh, we'll train on Saturday. Um, I always go over to my parents' place Sunday, mm-hmm. have lunch. Yep. Um, no, no football to watch this weekend. Oh, so. I know, I know. Um, are, are your parents, uh, do you? Do they have any other grandkids? No. First, oh, first it's got to be fun bringing they over the uh, new child, huh? They, they, uh, we asked them if they liked being parents right away or mm-hmm. grandparents. They said grandparents. Well, away. obviously, yeah. yeah. Things get a little out of hand. They say, "John, take your kid yep. and go home." Yep, yep. You get the easy <laughs> parts. You get the fun parts. Yep, yep. Uh, oh, you're gonna enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, enjoy it. So um, I, I know. You know, the other day we talked about um, don't buy a fixer upper until you hear the podcast. It was a great podcast. Mm-hmm. I want to know about. I know there are real estate myths yes. out there. You know, it's funny because after doing these um, podcasts with uh, you, you uh, realty experts at Berkshire Hathaway, I've learned a lot. And I have people that think they know everything. We all have friends yep, like that. Yep. I know everything. And they'll come up to me and they'll tell me things about real estate when I know they're not true. Yeah, so yeah. there's got to be a bunch of myths out there. Yeah. Now you have the upper hand now listening to I'm us. getting there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You can set them straight. Um, yeah. So these are the top eight real estate myths that we hear all the time in the in the industry. A lot of people think they're true. And it's, it's stuff that us as real estate agents, we really wish that everybody knew this mm-hmm. stuff because it could lead people down the wrong path. They could waste time. They could waste money doing the wrong. And it can waste time for more than one person. Yeah. 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 Hey, that's, yeah. Um, so the first thing is, and, you know, if you've listened to this podcast or if you listen to any of my, watching my social media stuff, the everybody, there, there are still people out there who think that you need 20% down to buy a house. They are often surprised to learn that the, and it's a lot of times it's first time home buyers. Um, and they'd be, they're surprised to learn that the majority of first time home buyers put around 5% down. Um, you can do anything from three to five percent down mm-hmm. for your average person out there. If you're buying in a rural area, you can use a USDA loan, which is zero percent down. Um, or if you qualify for a VA loan, that's also zero percent down. Now, um, I'd be a little bit uh, cautious using zero percent down because you're starting with very little equity, so right. it's, it's not like you're getting a free house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Definitely approach that with caution. Make sure you're going to be staying in the home for a substantial amount of time so you yes. can build up some equity. That's going to lower some of that risk of having mm-hmm. such low equity. But um, yeah, the average first time home buyer puts anywhere between like probably between three and seven percent down. There are occasionally first time home buyers that put more money down. Um, and putting more money down is a little bit safer. But if you can choose between waiting, you know, let's say it takes you uh, seven years to save up 20% down for your first home and you're renting that whole time versus 
saving up two years sure. to, to yeah. save up you know three or five percent down yeah it's better to get in early as long as you're going to be in that home for the long term right because even though you're paying private mortgage insurance you're able to get the benefits of market appreciation mm-hmm. um, so you're in that home as it's going up in value instead of waiting on the outside watching the homes you want to buy go up in value as you're trying to save up more and more money sure so sure um the second myth it, and this is a common one this drives Real estate agents crazy and it drives lenders crazy. And that is that you should wait until you find the home you want to offer on before you fill out your mortgage application and get pre-approved. So people are thinking, oh, I shouldn't fill out a mortgage application until I'm actually buying a house. You know, uh, that's when I should fill out a mortgage application when I'm offering on a place. No, you should fill out your mortgage application before you even begin looking. That way, if there's anything iffy about the way that your income's been reported. There's something weird on your tax returns that you don't know about. There's something weird on your credit report that's not getting reported right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can sniff out those issues ahead of time. Sure. If you sit in home shop and you wait until you find your dream home to fill out your mortgage application and then they find something that could have been resolved easily in just a few weeks, mm-hmm. but now you are dead set on this house and you're in love with it and now you find out about this issue you're not going to get the house. Yeah, it's, bang, it's gone. It's gone. Mm-hmm. And you, if you would have just started this process a little bit earlier, you would be ahead of the game. So smart buyers fill out their mortgage application basically before they start seriously looking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they get all that information up front because they're more prepared. And that's, that's another myth. And I don't know where that comes from, but um, people are worried about their credit getting pulled and that hurting their credit score. But you can actually, you could apply at multiple different lenders as long as you do it within a two-week period. Mm-hmm. And when they're analyzing your credit report for the mortgage application process, they're going to count that all as just one pull because right. you're seeking out a mortgage. Sure, sure. So don't be don't be scared of getting your credit pulled. Get your pre-approval letter. Even if you don't find something, they're usually good for like three to six months. And if you don't find a place within three to six months, all you have to do is just do another quick credit pull, which really, that shouldn't hurt you. Mm-hmm. It's not that big of a deal. As long as you haven't bought a new boat or car or anything in those few don't, months. Don't do those things. <laughs> no, don't, don't do those do things those until things. after you close on your house. Yes. Please, please. <laughs> um, but so number three, uh, it's always a better investment to buy versus rent. This is people who, you know, they're like owning is an investment always and renting. You're just throwing money away. It's not as simple as that. Um, the main factor that it boils down to, uh, the main factor is how long are you going to be in the home? If you're not going to be in the home very long, the time that you're in that home, the majority of your payments are going to interest, not towards principal. So it's really not an investment. You're going to be paying property taxes, homeowners insurance, and you're going to have costs associated with selling it. So you have to sell it really quickly. Um, those costs are going to be beyond the equity that you've gained through mortgage pay down and through appreciation. You need time for the market to go up. You need time for you to gain a uh, equity through mortgage pay down. So um, it's not always better to buy versus rent in the long term. It's better to buy versus rent, but there are situations where it is financially better idea to rent. Sure. Um, number four, this is for sellers out there. Um, if you price your house high and you wait and you sit on the market for a little longer, you're eventually going to get a higher sale price than if you were to price it right at the market value and sell more quickly. This is almost always wrong. I did an analysis of this where I pulled MLS data where houses that sat on the market for longer sold at like, it was like the houses that sat for over a hundred days. And I did this a while ago. So these numbers aren't going to be up to date, but the houses that sat on the market for over a hundred days sold on average for like $112 a foot where the houses that sat for less than 50 days. So they sold almost immediately. 
they sold for like $120 a foot. Oh, wow. So it was like the difference between, um, you know, uh, X number of square foot house selling for 250 versus selling for like 290. Mm-hmm. So pricing it high, all that's going to do is that's going to cause the buyers who are active in the market, who are ready to pull the trigger on something to not look at your house. And then you're going to be waiting and waiting and waiting. You're going to develop kind of a stigma around your house. People are going to think something's wrong with it, or they're just going to mm-hmm. think the price is low. Why is that house still on the market? Yep. And then even after, you know, maybe been on the market for 200 days and you've price reduced a few times and you're finally priced at market value, you're fighting an uphill battle still. You don't have any of the negotiating leverage. So pricing your home accurately rather than just pricing it sky high and hoping for somebody to fall for it. Um, you know, price your home accurately. Don't overprice your house thinking that's going to help itself for more. A slower sale almost always equals a lower sale. Sure. Okay. Um, so uh, number five, and that's that you should try to time the real estate market. And we're not talking about investing here. We're talking about um, primary residence. So the home that you're actually going to live in. So you always need a place to live. And if you're thinking that you're going to find the perfect time to buy a house and you're going to wait until that perfect time hits, like there's people who wait, they've been waiting forever for the market to crash. Mm -hmm. And during the time periods where it's stagnant, they're like, oh, it's about to crash. And then it goes up, Mm, yeah, you know, and then it levels out again and it stagnates. And this is the time it's going to crash. I'll buy after it crashes. I've seen people who've been waiting for 10 years, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're renting. They've been renting for 10 years. Yeah. And if they would have think bought, of that 10 years of equity, they could have had into yeah, that house. Yeah. The houses they were interested in 10 years ago that were $150,000 then are now 200,000. Yeah. You know? Um, so, and then the other thing is when the market starts getting really hot, they're like, Oh, I'm going to get out and I'm going to sell. Um, but maybe they're two years into a three-year hot streak, and if they would have held on to it for another year, right, they, right. they would have gained another you know, $15,000 in appreciation. You never know when the peak is. You never know when the valleys are coming. You never know when the plateaus are coming. Wealth creation through real estate ownership happens over the long term. It's you get into the real estate market, you own real estate, and you stay in for a long time. You own it for a long time. You build equity through loan pay down. That's how you're going to build your net worth from owning your primary residence. It's not about jumping in and jumping out okay. at the right time. Um, so number six, this kind of goes back to what we talked about on Wednesday uh, about fixer uppers. So not, uh, so most, the, the myth is that most home improvement projects are profitable. That's actually not true. The majority of the projects you can do your home, um, you're lucky if you could get maybe 90 cents back for every dollar that you spend. There are exceptions to this. Um, usually the more minor and cosmetic things that you do are going to get you a profit. You know, maybe you get a dollar twenty back for every dollar you spend. The big stuff like major kitchen remodels mm-hmm. and, you know, new siding, new windows, new roof, you're not going to get a dollar bit, bit back for every dollar sure. you spend. It's just not the case. People who make money, is it's through appreciation. It's through the market going up over time. Just because you stuck sixty grand into a kitchen remodel usually doesn't mean your home's going to go up in value by 60 grand. Right, right. So, um, and then uh, number seven, this is this is a common thing, especially amongst first-time home buyers. They think um, if they have a buyer's agent, they have someone helping them with their home search, that's going to cost them money and they're going to have to pay a commission at closing or they're going to have to pay their real estate agent something to help them. Mm-hmm. The buyer's agent, in almost all cases, the only exception is sometimes with first sale by owners. In most cases, when the house is listed on the market, Whichever buyer agent brings in buyers who buy that home, that buyer agent's going to get paid out of the seller's pocket at closing, Mm -hmm. not out of the buyer's pocket. 
So every buyer should find a real estate agent, commit to one real estate agent, work with them from the very early stages of planning out their home shopping all the way through. That way they have an expert on their side through the whole thing. And it's not something they're going to have to pay for. You, you occasionally see misled buyers really avoiding trying to work with one real estate agent because they think they're somehow going to save money by not having yeah. a real estate agent. And all that's going to happen is they're not going to have anybody holding their hand and guiding them through the process. And then when they find the house they're going to like, they're going to end up working with the listing agent who's going to be a dual agent. And that listing agent then ends up getting paid the buyer agent commission that if they would have had their own agent the whole time, their agent would have gotten that buyer agent commission. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, let's see. And the last one, uh, I could go on forever about this, but we'll, we'll keep it nice and short. Selling for sale by owner is easy and it saves money. It is neither of those things. Um, there's a reason real estate agents are in business. You're talking about, for a lot of people, it's their biggest asset that they hold. Um, it's, it's a big part of their net worth. You First off, the average person doesn't have the time it takes to become a real estate expert. Um, they are not going to have the time it takes to do all the daily stuff. They're not going to have the expertise with marketing. They're not going to be able to you know, show it at the drop of a hat. There's just so many things that the average for sale by owner does wrong that even a below average real estate agent will do right that's going to end up netting that seller more money. So... Um, it's not easy and it does not save money. Um, you're going into this unrepresented. You are not, you're not getting every dollar you can out of one of your biggest investments by not having a real estate agent. There's so much more that we could go into on that, but right. just to summarize. Yeah. You, know, you know, okay, uh, some of the myths don't need 20% down. Uh, get your credit pulled early. Uh, always better investment, buying, not renting. Uh, mm-hmm. Too high pricing. Uh, houses can sit on the market too long. Yep. Um, time the real estate market. Uh, not all fixer-uppers are profitable. You can go on and on. Two things I really got out of this, John. Um, don't be afraid to ask, yep. and it's never too early to find an agent. Yep. Hundred percent. You yeah. do those things, you won't have to go through a lot of this stuff. Yeah, find a good agent, get get working with them early, and you can not fall for these myths. You can, you know, just have a much more smooth and easy process, sure. and you're you're gonna end up with a better outcome. You know, guys are always afraid to ask. I know. You know, yeah. it's like, just ask. You know what? You don't have to tell your wife you called and asked. <laughs> you know, what? to be honest, that's one of the things I noticed. That's the biggest difference between some of the more uh, like the wealthy homeowners that I work with compared to you know the the average folks out there is the wealthy homeowners who are selling luxury homes. They're used to hiring experts mm-hmm. to advise them on things, and they let the other people do the work, and they let the other people spend their time, and they just listen to the advice, and they let they know how to let professionals run with stuff. Sure. Um, the guy who fixes his car himself every time it breaks down and does every little thing himself, it's it's kind of hard for them to hand over the control. Mm-hmm, and right. They might be resistant. They might think they know better. And oftentimes those people are more difficult to work with, and sometimes they make more mistakes because they don't want to ask, hey, what should I do right now in this situation? Well, again, John, you taught me stuff. <laughs> if somebody wants to get a hold of realty expert, John Brodeen, how do they do that? Uh, if you want to become a client, my cell phone number is 701-213-5428. And if you want to just learn more about Grand Forks Real Estate, uh, you want to learn more about the process, I post educational content, market content, all that kind of stuff on my social media. Uh, follow me anywhere, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, John Brodeen Realtor, you'll find me. Hey, John Brodeen. 
realty expert. Have yourself a great weekend, man. Yeah, you too, John. Thanks, Thanks for coming in. And don't forget your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. We'll be back again on Wednesday. Have yourself a great weekend, everybody. All right.